And then before you know it, it's Christmas and New Year's and good Lord, the year's over. Um, but uh, nonetheless, there's just so much to talk about. We're actually taking a slight departure. Not going to talk too much about actual politics. Um, uh, sorry to disappoint you out there. Uh, but we are going to be talking about uh, FTX mm-hmm. uh, and crypto coin. And we're also going to be talking about uh, the entertainment industry and the sports industry. So, uh, but of course, I mean, nowadays you can't talk about anything without really getting political. So uh, it's going to be a fun show. Uh, shout out to uh my buddy uh enabled david cabrera not on the show today not feeling mm-hmm. well so we hope that he uh feels better and uh joins us back here next week yeah absolutely uh what up to blake hey buddy uh an incredible uh talented artist out of uh, the tallahassee florida area uh joining us uh in the chat room there uh thanks for watching buddy and um Thank you guys for everybody who's signed up to the audio version of our podcast as well. Huge numbers. Uh, I'm not sure if it's an anomaly. I hope it's not. Um, But we had uh, a historical download of our uh, episode, uh, our election day, election week episode uh and so excited to see how the numbers continue from there but if you are a new listener new subscriber thank you so much for doing so and again we're on the your favorite podcast platform uh all over the interwebs and so make sure you look up the yard sign or the yard sign show.com which is our current and official website you can check that out now uh it's looking pretty spiffy there and uh, you can also look at uh, the partners of our show, like Community Patriots and Community uh, Concerned Veterans for America. That's CV, the number 4A.org, CV4A.org. And again, proud to have Concerned Veterans for America as a sponsor of the show. And we'll talk about a little bit more about them uh, later in the show. Joining me tonight... Uh, it's going to be a, a fun little uh, banter here because, uh, you know, it's just you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, good friend of the show. Welcome back, Nick Ginter. Hey, buddy. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be here. M- missing an evil already. Yeah. But, um, you know, sadly. are going to gang up on tonight? Don't worry, buddy. King George is safe with me. <laughs> For those of you uh, uh, audio only, Enable has a very famous King George pop figure. Yeah, that uh, I am slowly stroking and making sure is. is well, he's such an Anglophile. I mean, it's just uh, it's, any, it's any, disgusting, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, short of getting him an actual red coat, I wasn't sure what to get. Him. I, you know, that might actually be one of the best Christmas presents ever—just a replica <laughs> red coat for for Enable. <laughs> The, the, the crazy thing is that he'd probably wear it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's true. I'd have to come in George Washington style. There we know? go. I like it. <laughs> we'll have you two cosplay uh, battle Absolutely. it out. Absolutely. Uh, I, I always like to say I'm, I'm 100% 1776. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of which, have you seen that, that video that went viral? These two guys uh, who showed up at a Civil War reenactment dressed up as slaves? no oh my god it's amazing oh that's amazing amazing and they're like and of course the 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 people there for the reenactment are like you can't do this what are you doing what are you they're like we're we're here for the reenactment right exactly (laughs) well they're like why would you do that and they're like well it's period accurate like what's what's the problem (laughs) you know it's it's funny you said because i was actually listening to a, a podcast recently that went into 
a lot of these specifics of, you know, because we, we always assume that, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the the lore that we hear about, you know, the Civil War, uh, actually the Revolutionary War, should I say, yeah. what was that, you know, okay, well, the, the colonial powers, you know, obviously, you know, freedom and all those things would be appealing to people who were slaves or servants, you know, the right. indentured servants at sure. the time. And the reality was most of them actually were for uh, the, the British, you know, the, the British rule, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was, which I found fascinating. And they went into all huh. the, this history and um, it, it was not as, you know, kind of cut and dried as, as one might think. And, right. Um, and, and it was because, you know, if you think but about, even, yeah. even fast forwarding to the civil war, yeah. it was very similar. I mean, there were certain yeah. people who were uh, considered slaves who were, quite okay with the arrangement, you know, and, you know, to a certain extent, it, it, I mean, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the, the uncertainty principle, you know, if it's yeah. all, you know, the, the idea of, right. uh, you know, and, and believe me around then the, the people that were fighting on the Southern side, they weren't being told that they were fighting against their own freedom. You know, right. there were, there were other things like, you know, they're going to come in and you, you well, know, they weren't really given a choice either. True. Well, that, yeah, yeah there's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's but, a pretty big you know, part of it. You had those. And of course, you know, we, there's all kinds of terms out there for those that, you know, again, maybe were enslaved on properties or with families that treated them very well, you know, and took care of them very well and considered them practically members of the family, you know, and, and so that, that uncertainty of, well, what is that? What, how does that change my situation? Right. Cause you know, I, I don't have it too bad here. Well, it, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of people in life and, you know, slavery aside, you know, if, if you're in a, if you're in a known comfortable circumstance, the idea that, you know, something might be better on the other side if you go out and take a huge chance yeah. is, is something that isn't always, you know, appealing to people. There's, I, I have tons of friends who. Well, like know, I think it's Thomas Jefferson's uh, illegitimate son that, um, you know, went to Europe and mm. became like a, like a, like a uh, highly respected chef, you know, like one of the best <laughs> chefs in Europe and that sort of thing. And then, yeah. you know, and then kind of moved back and all that, you know, and it was, you know, but it was one of those things where, yeah, on paper, you know, she was considered his slave technically, mm. but you know, we've now come to learn th because there, you know, the documentation and, and, and reports and all this other stuff that yeah. she was pretty much just his mistress, you know, his right. girlfriend is, you know, whatever you want to call it by, by today's standards. You know, I mean, let's make America great again. Now, what, 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 how do we ever get away from that? <laughs> oh my God. That's so, it, it, like, uh, I, you can't say that that, that I, oh boy, I, it's, it, it's a lot like when they they say that like uh, Genghis Khan had five hundred wives. I'm yeah. like, uh, I think wife is a little strong. Mistress might be a little <laughs> right. strong of a term for that. Yeah, uh, it's not like you know Marilyn Monroe JFK situation. Right. Um, you know, in that case, Marilyn Monroe would have been shot if she left the property. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly right. Hey, Kim Davis, uh, joining us in the chat room as always. Uh, and uh, I know if, if there's anybody who I know for a fact probably gets super excited about Thanksgiving, it's probably mm. Kim Davis. Um, <laughs> And uh, so uh, shout out to Kim uh, and all our good friends at Community Patriots, Jeff Hawks, celebrating a birthday. Um, and uh, so happy birthday to Jeff. Uh, he got to do it up at Burns, which is not always a good time. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into to today's topic. And I'm glad you're here because, you know, I like tech stuff. You know, sure. I follow it very surface level, but you're knee deep in this stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you by profession yeah. are a cybersecurity expert, IT expert. Um, and so 
I'm still kind of learning a little bit about what sure. exactly is all going on with FTX. And mm -hmm. so we may have misrepresented this a little bit um, in the last show, mm -hmm. even though, you know, we did mention that, you know, it's currently at or around $16,000 a Bitcoin. Sure. Um, so Bitcoin didn't go bankrupt. No. This one particular company went bankrupt. C correct. So, so the way there's the easy way to unpack this is that this is one of the things that the news loves is they, they love any excuse to talk about cryptocurrency and, yeah. you know, these crypto assets, which I'm sure none of them understand, which they, they do not at all. Yeah. And, uh, so, so, so the situation is basically this, imagine that there is a, uh, a stock trading firm. Okay. That, uh, you know, they, they, they exist, but their brother is company is a bank that's supposed to be holding people's money. Okay. That's what a cryptocurrency exchange really does. Uh, you know, Coinbase is actually the one that uh, coinbase.com, it's a US based one that's actually registered with the SEC and regulated okay. based here in the United States. Right. Um, and they're and, out there trying to do all kinds of positive uh, PR uh, on this. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. so so the, the thing with them is because they're SEC regulated, mm -hmm. they can't do what this FTX firm, there's a reason why this is all out of the Bahamas. Okay. So, so basically, uh, you know, a cryptocurrency exchange, you know, you actually, you buy or, or store your Bitcoins or whatever, you know, think of, think stocks, you know, you, you, you keep them there with them. And then at any point, if you want to cash those things out, they have a value that's assigned to them. And as that value goes up and down, you can cash the, the those assets out. Sure. So what, what happened was, uh, for the, the, the FTX exchange, um, what they did was the Sam Bankman Fried, the, uh, the gentleman who you've seen all over the news, kind mm -hmm. of fuzzy haired or late twenties, yeah. uh, kid, um, decided to open up a, an investment trading firm, um, called Alameda research. And he did a couple of things that should have been raising red flags all over, uh, all the assets and things and, and the, the portfolios that they would show, Hey, here's all these great things that we're doing. Here's all these assets that we're holding. Uh, they were the same for both the exchange oh, wow. and for this investment firm. And what he was doing was um, he was basically leveraging the amount of cryptocurrency and the dollars that were being held in his exchange and just when he wanted to make a bet on a stock or a new investment, he was just pulling that money, which was ba basically belonged to other people. Right. He was pulling uh, that thing, th that money out. And FTX's big claim to fame was that they held one for one assets. So meaning, you know, when they're valued at $32 billion, when they say we're holding $32 billion in cryptocurrency, yeah. theoretically, $32 billion should be able to be requested from them and they should be able to provide sure. it. Um, interestingly enough, Elon Musk actually talked the other day about how he, when he was thinking about buying Twitter, he got a phone call from Sam Bankman Fried that said, Hey, I've got $3 billion. I want to jump in on this deal. And Elon Musk goes, I'm the world's richest man. And I don't have 3 billion liquid dollars. There, there there's something wrong yeah. with somebody whose company is valued at 32, like, you know, they're, they're holding $32 right. billion dollars in value. And he's got 10% of that to throw around. That is a, he said that was a huge red flag for me. And I wasn't surprised to see, you know, low just a few months later. Cause what a lot of people don't down. know about the Twitter deal was yeah. that it's not, I, Elon didn't buy it by himself. Right. There right. are others that went in on the Correct. deal with him. Correct. You know, and I'm just trying to give some background and context, yeah. you know, as to why he would have thought he could do that. But you're right. I yeah. mean, the people who play at that level, 
No, that's a huge red flag. Oh, oh yeah. So, so the, so the long and short of it is, um, he, he basically had control of a bank of money that was supposed to be sitting in reserve mm-hmm. in case there were, there was an issue or, you know, what we, almost no one in this day and age of what they call fractional reserve lending, your bank cannot survive all the creditors coming to them at once, or even 20% of the customers coming at once and saying, we want our money. They lend out 10 to one, meaning Mm. anytime 11 to one comes back for their money, we've got to run on the bank. We've got a liquidity issue. Now there are backstops against that through the FDIC and other things to make sure that, you know, to try and keep that from happening. And Mm -hmm. that's why you're insured up to $200,000 for everything you put in the bank. But if you have 200,000, I'm sorry, 200,000, if you have $200,001 in there, that $1 is getting lost, anything above that. So what happened was uh, word started to spread that they were did not have the money they said they had. And that happened because one of the uh, – Sam Bankman was known for making some wild bets with large quantities of money for this investment company, Alameda Research. Well – they made a couple of big, large, but when, you, when you're making billion dollar bets at a time in any industry and you're speculating, that gets noticed. Sure. And even, even the, there was a, a famous case a couple of years ago with uh, somebody that worked for, uh, I believe, JP Morgan Chase, who was betting huge in like hog futures and things with huh. like a billion dollars at a time. And they actually got caught and had to explain that in their portfolio. Not even that it went badly, just like, what are you doing throwing a billion dollars right, around pigs at a right. time? So this, this, kid is running around doing these things. So eventually a couple of these bets go badly at the same time. So he has to pull money out of the exchange, but because it's in cryptocurrency, one of the things that's ironic about it, uh, people started noticing these massive billion dollar transactions happening between different cryptocurrencies, traced it back, the word hit the internet. So uh, ironically, the thing that everybody hates about cryptocurrency, the idea is the Wild West and thing, the system itself noticed the issue yeah. well before it was reported in the news. And then of course, you know, within a couple of hours of saying like, oh, oh yeah, there's a there's a problem. Well, here. and given how much it lends itself to a lot of, you know, techie people. Right. You know, people that are into tech and into, you know, I again, you, I mean, you have people who I'm sure have all kinds of, softwares and, and sure. alarms and things set up to to track this sort of thing oh, to, to uh, look uh, for this sort of activity absolutely and, and and not that you can always trace it back to exactly what it is but when it's an exchange it becomes a little bit more obvious because that's yeah. a well-known account number you know that these these things are, yeah. are a lot more and one traceable. of the one of the things that that uh, people into bitcoin gloat about or brag about is transparency yeah so, so the, the, the long and story, long and short of it was, uh, he made some bad bets, had to cover that debt, tried to move some money from, from one thing to another, uh, which would have been found out eventually anyway, sure. you know, that there's always so long you can play that game, but he couldn't do any kind of a shell game with it over time because the word got out so quickly, people started trying to pull their money out. Mm. And it, apparently that cookie jar had been nibbled at quite a bit. Oh. And so they, they stopped people being able to remove their money right which is when panic alarms went off yep um and that's when you know the news stories go from hey something's weird you know happening here we need to look into this to uh you can't get your money out of an exchange <laughs> that's not an exchange at that point right <laughs> it's, it's a prison so, yeah uh so when that happened um that's when we started hearing all of the news stories and you know more and more stories are coming out about this guy's thing he's actually being held uh as basically a guest of the bahamas the the bahama bahamini authorities who he had been throwing around money like you know well like a 29 
year old kid with $32 yeah. billion dollars at his disposal. Um, so they didn't arrest him, but it, the, the deal that's basically known is he's not to leave his house. Right. If, well, if he leaves his house, there's going to be a significant problem. And I believe he grabbed, he was able to snatch about a billion before. His, his personal net worth at the beginning of this, I had heard reports was in the 800 million to $1 billion range. Yeah. Now, that is that that was probably and, and I again I don't but know value the doesn't mean liquidity I mean well, it's not, true right. and and I don't know the specifics of what it is but here's the thing about that if he was valued at eight hundred thousand because the exchange itself had its own currency yeah you know so if his eight hundred billion or eight hundred million to a billion dollars is based on a large ownership of a lot of that exchange and what the exchange is valued at the second he craters that which is, I believe it, the exchange value was down ninety four percent. Uh, on the native token, mm -hmm. that that 800 million, well, I mean, sure, yeah, there's still probably, you know, 20 or 30 mil laying around, but we're talking chump change at this point, not enough yeah. to buy people off. And right. uh, and again, every day that goes by, you, you, I mean, you can literally watch a billion dollars piffle into literally zero. Well, what's crazy is, you know, where, and, and I think, you know, you, this may be in my opinion, and this could just be... Sure you know kind of the in the moment kind of thing mm -hmm. but i but in some ways we'd kind of forgotten right that there was we had this era mm -hmm. in the early 2000s of the like 20 something ceo right right because we had zuckerberg and dorsey and all these mm -hmm. guys were super young back then right and and it seemed like this guy was trying to live that lifestyle like it was almost like he was like it was it was like the next generation looking back and saying oh that was so cool back then i want to do that and because you heard rumors of him like sleeping at the office you know and right. uh and in having like these parties and having you know just like it was just like a very kind of fratty college type of lifestyle there, there was a lot of that going around and it, it was it, i think it's a lot more like the uh late 90s tech bubble like the pets.coms that were you know valued at a billion dollars well, and yeah. it never even turned on a website right, right. so he was piggybacking off the success of because uh, the FTX you know, started coming out in, in 2018 off the success of uh, a, a cryptocurrency market that, that saw huge shifts, uh, huge growth in value of, you know, cryptocurrency across the board. But Bitcoin had gone up to, you know, in the neighborhood of $64,000 a coin. Um, you know, people forget it actually started that year off. So at, at like 5.7K. Right. So even at 16, where everybody's like, it's down to 16. I'm like four years ago it was valued at one quarter of that so like i mean yeah i'm sorry it, it's not 8x what it was right. anymore but it's still 4x but, you know, but what's also there, but. crazy is and this is where it gets into like you know movie territory mm -hmm. you know i mean you know that all there's going to be a oh, slew of documentaries for sure but the it's almost like the inevitable movie is going to come out because Oh, also the level of celebrities that got snared by this True. guy, you know, in terms of endorsements. And now those people, you know, Tom Brady included mm -hmm. here in our you know backyard mm -hmm. um, was one of their biggest spokespeople. One of the funniest things I heard was the theory that uh, the, the collapse of FTX, they knew it was coming early. And that's what caused the divorce, <laughs> which I just thought was hilarious. But um, uh, here, here's the, the analogy that I will give you that I think is very apropos to I, this. I doubt Tom put in his own money. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, I don't know if you've heard the stuff about the pay structure at TV 12, but uh, oh, really? apparently yeah. they're, they're at a, a bit of a budget deficit, but like oh, him and his number two guy are paid like an exorbitant sum of money. So, 
So, uh, you know, again, that's that, that's not my specialty. But uh, I will say to to the side of things where people go, you mean well, you mean well. Hold on, you don't, you, you mean everybody doesn't pay two hundred dollars an hour for a personal trainer? Uh, well, uh, if you want to multiply that by about <laughs> a factor of ten, that's what this guy's getting paid. Oh, but I know he is. It's, it's I know insane. his number two yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you know what's interesting is the a lot of the backlash from this because um, I would like to do a little damage control for the cryptocurrency idea. Um, first of all, anytime you're you're speculating on a cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, name any of them, um, it's a lot like saying I'm going to know the value of a dollar in ten years, mm-hmm. and I want to track that day by day, and I want to complain every time it goes up or down. Uh, right. So, so there's a lot of that, and and also a lot of people have been saying, well, it's unregulated and this or that. I, I like to remind people that. Bernie Madoff sat on SEC commissions that were designed to detect and deal with pyramid schemes and fraud. The largest fraud ever perpetrated in stock history, in investment history, happened where the guy was on the board of the commission to stop it. Well, it seems like that's what this guy was trying to build. He just wasn't as clever about it. You know, he was just too green about it. Well, I actually think where, where, where I think the difference is Bernie Madoff basically started his company with the idea that he was going to do that. That that was his mission statement from very early on. I think this kid was put in charge of a tremendous amount of money, came up in an industry where he bet on Bitcoin very early, saw these astronomical returns that were there and figured he couldn't lose and then when he got into real trading at real big boy levels lost money and lost i will say not an insignificant sum but not enough that it couldn't have been recoverable right and then because in reality i mean when you talk about investment accounts and that sort of thing i mean that's kind of how it works Mm -hmm. on the legal side um, well, no. So Alameda Research but, was a straight up investment firm. No, I know, yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like when mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, mutual funds sure. and 401ks, and you mm-hmm. know, I mean, you're basically putting your money into this pool, mm-hmm. and then those people on the other side are taking that right. money and investing it in other places and all that. And kind of thing. And if Alameda had done that with the funds that were available to it as its own separate entity, no one has a problem here. Yeah. It's because he was backdoor siphoning funds out right. of the exchange, which are people's deposits. Basically. Well, and we've that's also the, touched on the, the some of the in. investment things that he was doing. But mm-hmm. the, I think the biggest uh, um, thing that took him down was the fact that he was also blowing a lot of money on things that were not investments. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, you know, and, and obviously they spent right now it's the million dollars. conspiracy yeah. theory <laughs> that he was donating to the Democratic Party. And then the Democratic Party was, you know, the, the, the there's a whole lot of money laundering. It's, it's, I've uh, seen a breakdown of it. It's actually not a conspiracy theory. He yeah. did de- donate massive sums. I think it was to the tune of $40 million to between both parties. It was about 60-40 Democrat-Republican. Okay. But there was significant, I mean, like we're talking significant money that went into both. Sure. Yeah. Um, which is not uncommon, by the way. A lot of people do it. And also, uh, you'll typically, you know, if whoever the winner is in the last election cycle, typically gets more you know yeah. as, as yeah, you know whoever's so, in party the party yeah. in power right yeah, so yeah. so so it, it was it is a thing so I, I can say not a conspiracy theory that a lot of his money went to democrats also not a conspiracy theory a lot went to republicans yeah. um but it, one of the things that that is always gross to me when you look at on the individual level how much people got 
Uh, it's a lot like that senator that caught, got caught being bribed with a gas grill for five thousand. That's worth five thousand dollars. You're like, if you're gonna whore yourself out, get some cash, man. Like, <laughs> like making policy decisions for ten grand. Come on. Right. <laughs> so the, the so at this point, I mean, that money's pretty much gone. Uh, um, yes. It, well, so one of the things that that will happen uh, is because the actual perceived value. So. Somebody made money somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I sell you something for a hundred bucks, I get that hundred, right? Yep. Now you're holding that thing for a hundred dollars. Now the value, your hope is that it goes to two hundred and you can sell it to somebody else. Um, when that dro- drops down to one dollar, I've still got my hundred bucks. Right. You have just lost a perceived value of ninety nine. So, yeah. um, like when people go like tons of people lost money, I'm like yeah, ish. <laughs> um, there were also a lot of people that made money. Again, the, the analogy that I bring it back to is Madoff. Right. So if you had invested with Madoff for 10 or 20 years and you cashed out before he got found out, you made a tremendous amount of money on sure. the stock exchange. Yeah. You, you know, you did very, very well. But if you went down with the ship, I mean, oh, you, you went you down were, with the ship. <laughs> well, you paid for all the people that did very, very well. Right. It's 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 the way that it goes. Yeah. Um, and that's why there was there was a, a big philosophical discussion. They weren't ever going to do anything because you have to you're punishing people for pulling their money out at the correct time. Mm-hmm. But people that had made money with Bertie Madoff, should some of that money be confiscated to pay the people who lost oh, money? Right. Um, and, and you just, you can't do things that way. No, but I mean, we um, don't, we don't do it, you know, even, uh, in real, you know, in stock market. Yeah. I mean, if I, I mean, if I sell you a car legally and you own it for two months and the whole thing just explodes one day and it was going to explode for me, right. I would have taken that loss, but you bought it from me. Sorry, man. It's yours now. Yeah. You know, that just, that is, that, that is the way that it goes. Right. But there, again, that's one of those things, you know, it philosophically, I get why people think that way. And I can't mm-hmm. say it necessarily wrong. It's just, it's so complicated to try and unwind yeah, those situations. Right, exactly. All right. Um, well, we'll keep you updated on that front. And I don't know, I mean, Bitcoin, I mean, do you, I mean, does, does it have longevity? You think it's going to be one of these things that's going to be around for a while or is this, you it, know, soon to, soon to die off? Bitcoin's the OG. So as long as any cryptocurrency is actually making advancements, there's other And I'm ones. sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep I keep using that as the... Oh, no, it's a shorthand. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's that's most why people, it's going to keep being worth something. Yeah, right. It's like it's, Google, right? right? It's, it's like, go Google, go Google it. But in right. reality, it's it's an entity within the cryptocurrency. So, so I think industry. longevity, absolutely. Where cryptocurrency really has a, a, a true uh, uh, thing that people haven't discovered yet. Because people, I, I watched the head of the, the Federal Reserve Bank in Wisconsin go, what's this doing? That like, wh- wh- Why do I even need cryptocurrency? I can Venmo you $5 right now. Great convincing argument if we were just talking about payment for things. The idea of currency as we traditionally think of it in our yeah. heads. The cryptocurrency platforms that are out there have the ability to do things like they call them smart contracts, other things where you can build them into software yeah. where it actually says, so imagine, you know, you have a contract where you're going to go and uh, do a, you know, a video editing project for, for a client. You, rather than signing a traditional piece of paper, you do a smart contract where you say, okay, well, when these three metrics are hitting, you sign off, these different levels are going to be deposited into my account, these right. metrics into the, into our project plan. So you bake that in naturally and that actually triggers itself automatically. So you go, cool, I've got this waiting here for you, this work product, you want it, it's done, it's ready to go. Send me this when this is done, boom. It's, it's, it's going to be the way that a lot of legalese 
is accomplished in a very complicated digital rights future. Um, and, and there's going to be a lot to it. And I think as we do become a quote unquote global economy, and we are yeah. already are in many ways, but mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, for the individual, yeah, you know, um, I think it, it's going to help, you know, streamline some of that. Let me ask you something, Johnny. When was the last time that you used any service that you can think of where you didn't accept 10 pages worth of crap that you had no idea what it said oh, yeah. that I accept? Right, in the ULIS, yeah. So there's going to be things that are built into that, unfortunately, in the future. I believe that there's going to be it, it, potentially almost like and we're going to need some very smart politicians that, that write this. I believe there's going to be some things that work both ways. People have already talked about, you know, getting well, true, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, people have talked about, you know, you actually getting paid a portion of the advertising revenue that's generated from yourself. Sure. Maybe using that to fund social security or something else of that nature. Something like that is coming. Yeah. And th there's going to be mutual transactions and things that happen. I know this all sounds very far-fetched, people, but so did the internet 20 years ago, believe me. Um, like, especially the way we're using it well, We're it now. almost there with influencer marketing. Yeah, yeah. so so there's going to be a lot of that um, brought down, writ to the, the smallest level, because what it's going to be, it's unavoidable. Everybody's data about everything is going to get stolen, grabbed, whatever you want to call right. it, munched up, processed, and thrown into a big blender that's sold to everybody. Listen, like it or lump it, unless unless you're unplugged, that's what's going to happen. Right. So, with that, there's going to have to be a way that they sell that as a great idea, and it's going to be something like that. I they call it Web 3.0, Web 3.0, and NFT, uh, which has a bad rep for being like pictures of weird apes and stuff. Uh, it's actually a smart contract language. Right. Those smart contracts, they're going to be at the basis of everything we do, and it's going to be like uh, you know you can't find a pizza shop that doesn't have their own app, even if they're local. Right. No, it doesn't mean that it's the number one app on iTunes or tons yeah. of people use it, but it's going to be there if you want it. Right. Every business is going to have no, it. it's going to be like a website. There's going to be huge impacts, especially in the medical field. You know with mm. medical records and right you know or just record personal record keeping in general well and and if you can imagine that concept of the the blockchain which is the basis of that um being able to to go and like when somebody views your medical file um that it's truly it's it's not just in one provider because right now you know really one provider has it and they can right. share it with an open language imagine that there's a huge ledger of it and, and those systems just access it and it can be verified to make sure it hasn't been modified or if it was modified and that it's accessible changes. to you at all times too Co correct currently correct. you're beholden to your doctor your imagine hospital your how easy it would be to solve voting record debates oh yeah if somebody said okay well i think dead people are voting and you go okay well, let's pull up the ledger for this dead person and see when the last time it was modified was. Right. Well, if it was modified after, you don't have to see what the results are. Yeah. But if it was that ledger was modified after the date they died, we've got a problem. If it right. wasn't, everything's good. Yeah. You know, there's there, there's a lot of weird applications. And that maybe that could about. be the salvo for, you know, a lot of this just general uncertainty and speculation yes. with with elections you know because uh you know I, all i've heard is really uh, is the transparency and mm -hmm. uh and security abilities of blockchain uh, well i mean there's the, there are some of that there the, the real thing is because I, I love when i hear you know and, and you know friends of ours have, have debated mail-in voting versus not i'm like we should be beyond mail-in voting yeah i should get up and hit a button on my phone and i'm done all right and and that's that's what it should be 
You know, I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, if I can sign medical records right. that are going to be encrypted, you know, and, 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 you know, or any kind of document that's going to be heavily encrypted, um, you know, why Dude, can't the, the IRS is always my argument. If right. you feel confident allowing them to suck money out of my bank account every week without my say so for each time they do it, you yeah. know, they just go, okay, well, Here's your paycheck. We're taking this, and then here's the rest. Right. If you're comfortable with them doing that, you should be comfortable with them counting a yes or no on something or a an A or B decision yeah. once every four years. You know, come on. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and if I, you're not comfortable with both, I hear you. Yeah. So we'll have to we'll we'll have to get to a point of you know where some of these maybe smaller towns and stuff you know or maybe on smaller issues and that sort of thing gets tested and mm -hmm. and retested. You know, but you know I feel oftentimes you know as great a job as we did here in florida with the past election mm -hmm. like i feel like we're well and in, in, in like my civics teacher in middle school used to say if you're not moving forward you're moving backwards right and i feel like our election system is so antiquated you know when you know you see advances in just about every other area of of government well there, there's a reason why we don't do most things that are very important with manual calculations on paper they are by their very nature, far less trustworthy sure. than things that are done in an automated fashion. Now, I hear uh, you know all the, the the luddites or the anti tech people out there going, "Well, those systems can all be rigged or hacked." In, in these things, things can happen. I work in cybersecurity. I run an IT company. Yes, by all means, things can certainly go wrong. Um, but there there is a lot. I've got a lot better eyes on when a thousand records show up somewhere all at once, I can, when I have a digital footprint and I can go back and I can look at a log of when that stuff happened versus uh, Chuck from Waynesboro just dropped off a <laughs> box full of stuff and half of it he says came right. in two days ago. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's no way to look at that. So when you've got a digital footprint for everything, you can well, go there's back no and look excuse at even today for that sort of thing because right. you have NFC and yes. you have you have other things that you can implement to, True. to to provide some checks and balances, you know, on on, there, on that there, sort of thing. The, the dirty secret is there are areas in this country of both colors, uh, red and and blue, yeah. um, that like things the way they are and don't oh, want sure. them looked into that hard. I'm from from outside of and don't hold this against me, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, the uh, go bucks <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> but uh no, i love the eagles too uh but you know the the ed rendell who was mayor and then uh governor long-term governor uh of uh, of that uh, philadelphia and then, and then of pennsylvania actually was elected with i believe 100 percent of the vote at one point oh my god and he said on national television in the city of philadelphia yeah it's rigged 100 percent that's ridiculous. This is a guy who got elected. He right. just admitted it. He was yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible to get elected as a Republican. You literally can't. Yeah. So, so funny enough. So Louis Vieira, who's a city councilman here in Tampa, he's actually, I think going to be joining us next week. And, uh, you know, we, we talk behind the scenes and, you know, about all this political and election stuff that he can't say publicly, you know, but mm -hmm. one of the things he is looking at is moving municipal elections to line up with midterm and general elections, mm -hmm. you know, Makes so, sense. so when, right. But I told him, I go, you know, because he's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And I said, I love the idea. 
I go, but you're going to get a lot of pushback from your side because mm-hmm. they like it that way. Right. They like being on these kind of off year, you know, mm-hmm. off years, off time of year. I think that's um, the majority in any area, you know, because, yeah. because their people know that that's when they have to get out to go out there and vote. Mm-hmm. Imagine the impact of a red wave like we saw here in Florida, like we saw here in mm-hmm. Hillsborough County right. on a city of Tampa municipal election. Right. We might actually have some Republicans on the city council. Right. You know, and so I think if anything, this election might have just killed that idea completely. Oh, it's, because it would have totally disrupted the 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 city the the city uh, council. So it's always interesting to me when you see a place where, you know, the state and, and even that county has voted one way, you know, left or right yeah. in the last 100 elections. But then their local government or their, you know, their state or local government is always polar opposite yeah. all the time. Right. And you're like, well, how can that be? How can it be that so consistently, you know, even if it's 60 or 70% of the time, yeah. can everybody be thinking one way at when they're thinking of things nationally? But when it gets down local, boy, those numbers just seem different. And right. then it goes to a different side. It's because of the, the difference between local campaigning. And quite frankly, if, if you're able to get 1,000 highly motivated people in most municipal elections, Tampa's a little bigger, but, yeah. you know, in, in St. It's Petersburg. It's not far from that, I, though. I mean, but, it's, it's yeah. Where, where I live in St. Petersburg, you're talking about a 10% vote swing. And yep. one, one of the things that, uh, that Ken Welch, who, who won Saint, uh, the the, the mayoral race in St. Pete did that I thought was fascinating was for two years before he announced he was running for office, he actually was doing Uber driving at night. <laughs> All he could, not because he needed the money, right. but every ride was a chance for him to sure. sit and talk to talk somebody to here, here at this thing. And sure. you know, he, he said he did something like 800 trips. Wow. So there's 800 people that, you know, not all of them are going to be local residents or whatever, but a fair amount of them. And think about the the PR from that. You know, hey, I I took an Uber to the airport. You're never going to guess who drove me. The mayor. Yeah. The the guy who's running for mayor took me. Wow. And then that that spalls out. Which seems like a very small town America kind of an idea, but I think it's actually pretty brilliant. I I thought to myself that that is a very shrewd thing. Um, And I actually, not always agreeing with his policies, but I think it's a person. I really like Ken Welch. I've spoken to him a couple times okay uh, very sharp guy and uh, uh i mean very, not to introduce you to vince nowicki th- th- no that's <laughs> no, okay Listen, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> there's a lot of people that uh that i would say that i would love to have a beer with that i wouldn't run run in my yeah. my tractor no you would you know, you'd, like, you'd actually really yeah. like vince um <laughs> but vince knows uh no, mm. vince is uh, make, making a lot of waves in the city council okay there. gotcha and uh he was the one who got one of the city council people to resign yes. because she moved well she didn't live was, where uh, she was supposed right to. exactly yeah. so he did he did that yeah and he's also been calling out ken welch for all sorts of things and so, oh i'm sure but, know, but yeah like i said i like the guy oh well, it doesn't mean they're bad people i didn't say i like the politician I mean? you know i mean <laughs> yeah um uh, but uh i don't care if my dentist is a communist if my fillings are done right <laughs> right well exactly right i mean you kind of pick your pick your battles right yeah you know, so, but um you know all that to say that yeah i, I mean you know things are done a certain way for certain sure. reasons and 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 I think municipal elections are very much that sort of thing. It's it's uh, because to change it, you know, now you're throwing it into uncertainty and you're throwing oh, yeah. in a lot of other um, um, elements there that could change outcomes. Well, what you're what you're probably looking at in that scenario, it, 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 and this is, I think, an argument against it, but I think you find it interesting. 
in a world where you have a very charismatic, uh, you know, president who's getting, I'm going to say more than 51% of the voter, you know, between 51 and 53, like the last couple, mm -hmm. um, you get a, you get a guy who's getting 60%. The, the likelihood that that's going to carry, like you said, down the ballot, you're, you're talking about giving one party control of a lot of stuff at once. Right. Um, and, and a lot, basically say anything that you can rush through in four years, as long as you have a bicameral majority, you know, that, that I could see that being on the more dangerous side, but well, but the, the people, but, well, the there's people. lots of pros and cons to yeah. the whole thing. But, but again, right out of the gate is okay. Well, now you're having to spend a lot more money to get elected True, because, and there's all, it's also harder to raise money mm -hmm. because there's a lot more candidates out there asking for money. Sure. So, so the money ends up being a big, a much bigger problem. Mm -hmm. um, in many ways, um, you're saying with the with them being lined if up. If you or line them up, oh, okay. yeah. If you gotcha. line them up, you know. Sure. Now you're there's a lot more competition for for the airspace, um, sure. and uh, billboards, mm -hmm. and TV time, radio time, you know, print, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, which I mean, it's already hard enough for candidates to mm -hmm. fundraise, uh, for some most candidates to fundraise, and so now if you add in another half a dozen races or whatever it is, let's say mm -hmm. a mayoral race and maybe two or three city council races again. And now that that field gets real deep. Sure. Um, but does it affect? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw in, I mean, you now have a literal red County in Pinellas. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have a Republican majority in the County commission in, in Pinellas County. We have, technically a Republican majority in the Hillsborough County now, mm -hmm. uh, because we here now have two new Republican Hillsborough County commissioners. Um, and, uh, uh, and there's one sitting. Okay. And, and, and again, like the trickle down effect was absolutely obvious because those mm -hmm. candidates in a normal sure. cycle would have had no chance of winning. Gotcha. Um, not, I'm not talking about Pinellas, but right. the ones here in Hillsborough, mm -hmm. um, they're they're I'm sure they're great people. They yeah. ran good campaigns, but there is literally no way that they would have pulled the numbers that they did right. without DeSantis at the top of the ticket. Sure, sure. So, all right. no, that, and that like I said, that only makes sense. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for watching the Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Nate Ginter, hey, well. uh, cybersecurity expert, IT expert, joining me tonight, uh, filling in for Nebel Cabrera, who's under the weather. Uh, and thank you guys for not only listening, watching, whenever, wherever you may be doing so, but also for subscribing. Don't forget our uh, audio version of the podcast uh, continues to grow leaps and bounds. Uh, we hit uh, record numbers uh, two weeks ago with our election week uh, episode, and uh, we want you to be sure to check that out as well you can go over to any of the podcast platforms of your choice you can even ask your alexa or apple devices to play the yard sign for you and they'll absolutely do that uh, i've tested it myself and it's pretty cool uh, and so make sure that you look for us on your favorite podcast platform uh, regardless of your mobile device and samsung the samsung devices actually which is where I'm thinking happened. I think we got featured. Mm -hmm. We must have gotten featured on, on Samsung or something. Okay. Because the majority of the downloads from this kind of record week sure. were on Samsung devices. We're on Samsung's okay. podcast platform. Wow. Um, and so, I mean, congrats either way, though. Those were great numbers. I, yeah, no, it's it ridiculous. And so, but it's those kind of little... 
you know, catalysts that sometimes kind of sure. take you to the next level. So absolutely, um, I'll be excited to see if that continues. Yeah. Um, let's get into some entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Nate uh, and I are also big fans of pop culture. Absolutely. Um, you know, we 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 have a little program that's been a little tough to get off the ground, but uh, but we both love consuming pop culture content. I, mm-hmm. I for me, it started when I was in radio. Sure. You know, it was literally my job to keep tabs on what was happening in pop culture. Um, And even before that, I've always been, you know, being born and raised in Miami, Mm -hmm. a lifelong Floridian. I've always been a huge fan of Disney. Oh, yeah. Uh, And so I'm constantly following what they're doing. Um, And uh, it's, it's interesting because... Um, so the big news coming out of Disney is that they have now fired, uh, or he has resigned, however you want to take it, uh, Bob Chapek, the current mm-hmm. uh, the CEO of the Walt Disney World Company. So mm-hmm. it's everything um, from from the mouse all the way down to Marvel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and, uh, and, and honestly, you know, there was... It's almost like you don't it, you don't know where to start with the complaints, you know, that were out there. <laughs> Cast members at the theme parks were unhappy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Disney Plus uh, losing money despite heavy investment, right? And a lot, and them putting in a lot of money into the program on Disney Plus, sure. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and, and again, despite the fact that they continue to crank out, you know, these, you know, ma- amazing projects under Marvel, mm-hmm. amazing projects under the Star Wars, Lucasfilm uh, brand, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost tough to see, like, how do you mess that up? And uh, it, that, that is, that, that is a question that's, that's interesting. One of the ways that I think that you mess that up is uh, buying a lot of content and IP that isn't adding anything that you wouldn't already get the eyeballs from. So uh, no, 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 another way to say that is um, buying Marvel, awesome move, right? Yeah. If Disney Plus launches without Marvel, how many households let go of it rather than per, you know purchase it rather than not? Right. So um, I think that most people with kids buy Disney plus whether or not they have Marvel now does having Marvel get my dollar is like a, you know, I'm going to say late thirties, early forties, uh, strapping young gentleman, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yes, it does. Um, but you know, it, it, is my money worth it ultimately if it costs you, you know, $10 billion between the cost of the IP and the content that you have to generate, to keep me coming. Cause I, I've seen well, all the movies, so, so I'm that, not just going to buy it unless you're making new stuff. Right. And to that point, you know, because you also consume all the Lucasfilm content. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. You know, it's it, again, like you said, they're not adding eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So maybe the solution is diversity of content. Mm-hmm. You I, know, I, no. and in, to, in terms of widening the audience, right? Broadening the audience. So I, I throw, I threw that out there as a thing. So I think that what Disney is in the business of is that they are eventually, uh, short of acquiring Star Trek and Harry Potter, which are <laughs> no, I mean, those are the last two. Like uh, mega you know, franchises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then DC's still floating out there. Nobody ever wants to touch DC. They're like HBO's weird little right. cousin that's out there. Well, they, and like Marvel kind of needs to DC to flounder out there just exactly. to continue to be the cooler one of the As two. Stan Lee would say, our distinguished competition. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, so I, I think that they're, I think their plan is right for the future. They haven't realized what, it, what they can really charge yet in the open market. Because to get all those eyeballs to launch Disney Plus and to say to the market, 
we've got blah, 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 10, 20 million subscribers. Mm -hmm. They sold a lot of subscriptions to people like me who I, I, anytime I see a subscription base and they go, we'll give you a two year deal at a locked in rate. I always buy it yeah. because it's always going to be cheaper than right. like they're going to want to raise initially. So well, you're like seeing MB, NBC, uh, mm -hmm. not to plug them, but mm -hmm. I, it's a hell of a deal. Mm -hmm. They're offering Peacock um, for literally a dollar mm -hmm. for a year. Yeah. I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you, you might as well. Yeah. And, it's uh, like a it, dollar? Okay. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, lo I locked in Disney Plus at one of the very early extreme savings they had at like four ninety nine a month. Okay. They're now charging twelve ninety nine a month. Right. Well, Netflix is now up to about $20 a month for mm -hmm. all their IT, IP, and that seems to be about the market threshold. Oh, yeah. So you're going to see that creep up slowly over the next year, you know, when, when Bob Iger, uh, you know, I, he, he's going to slowly do that. It's not a miraculous thing. You've got a yeah. thing that costs this much. It's not making money. You raise the price this much. But you made yeah. a good point because it would have been ludicrous years ago, even 10 years ago, to say that Disney would creep into Warner Brothers IP, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because you mentioned Harry Potter. Right. But if you go into Universal Studios today, how much mm -hmm. of that IP now belongs to Disney? Right. <laughs> and which is, so it's hilarious to me when you hear about the theme park wars, right. because Disney kind of already owns a lot of Universal Studios IP. What what is the franchise that Universal Studios is going to buy to sustain itself as a separate entity? Right. That's really going to pull people like, in. Like they couldn't buy Nintendo, right. right? But they're having to partner with Nintendo. Right. To again differentiate themselves because the Simpsons, mm -hmm. which have a big presence at Universal Studios, is now a Disney property. Right. Because of all the Fox mm -hmm. property they bought. Yeah. So, so again, they're, they're going to be that, that uh, the, again, I, I call it, you know, the, the childhood IP holder, yeah. uh, you know, anything that you liked it, again, if you, if the, there's certain things that you can see, like, you know, there's the one-off things like stranger things or, you know, every now and then somebody invents something really cool. Yeah. That's outside of the, you know, what I call the, well, we'll get into Netflix system. in a second, because obviously but, it's relevant to the conversation. Yeah. Um, but I will say that it's, it's exciting to me being someone that follows this stuff that closely to see Iger come back because mm -hmm. I do honestly think that Iger may be the best CEO that mm -hmm. Disney has had maybe since Walt. Um, oh, I, 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 that's undeniable. Right. If, if you, if you oversee the, the growth of that fra the, the, I would say not the franchise of Disney, but the brand of Disney and it's in its subsidiaries, yeah. the, the things that are under their wig, uh, you know, I mean, his, his genius was recognizing Walmart or, uh, uh, sorry, not Walmart, Marvel, uh, when it was a bargain basement property. Yeah. He got into the ground floor. Sure. He, bought, he bought Amazon at $4 a stock. Well, also that. to not let Pixar get away. Correct. You know, Correct. Which. Again, I think that's another Chapek mistake, mm -hmm. and we'll find out. But Chapek kind of like put Pixar like to the back seat. Yeah, and you and, know, and, and, and which is super strange to me. And somebody pointed it out to me, and I didn't realize mm -hmm. until I saw it happening that a lot of the Pixar projects are now going straight to streaming mm -hmm. rather than getting the big movie theater release, the theatrical releases. Well, that, that, that that's a that's a just a, a product of COVID mentality. You know, yeah, and, but again, I mean, you look at you look at the the quality of product that comes out of Pixar. I love movies. I, I love the movie theater experience. I certainly hope that it comes back as the vibrant business that it once was. Yeah. But if you even look, and it, you know, listen, uh, I'm a svelte dude myself. If you look at the modern movie theater, 
the seats themselves don't exist like they used to. You know, you used to right. pack three people into like what is a seat and a half now. Right. Um, the the dollars that you used to be able to make off of a huge release are not there anymore. Well, no, and you even see that in the offerings. Yeah. Oh, I right. mean, you'll get maybe a few movies you've heard of. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're starting to see movies in other languages. Right. You know, you're from other countries or you're seeing them do like bring back movies, mm -hmm. you know, from, you know, like, right. as, like throwbacks, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, they look for anniversaries and things like that. To sure. Bring movies back. Um, it, it's, it, 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 when the streaming stuff is going to be the future of it, like yeah. it right now, it's still, it, it, it definitely COVID gave it a boost. Yeah. It's not seen as being quite the second class citizen that it was. I would say, you know, even third class citizen, right. it's moved up a notch. And, and there are filmmakers that will say like, you know, yeah, well, uh, it's not the same experience and movies are sort of the mm -hmm. way you should see it true. But I say to them, well, if your choice is most of the people that would have eyeballs on this thing that you're making will either see it or not see it. That is your choice to make as a yeah. filmmaker. If you're making stuff that only looks good in a theater, that's a choice that you're making as well. Yeah, as as the cinematographer. Well, and and again, they're being much more selective as to what they do push out the theater, and right. also how long it stays in the theater. Yes, because we've seen Disney really experiment with mm -hmm. how long can we leave something out there in the theaters, and how quick can we bring it onto the streaming platform. So, so there's also uh, you know HBO, much to their dismay, uh, experimented with the the Wonder Woman franchise. I believe Disney Plus did it with one of the. Uh, new disney movies but basically they said great if you have hbo max you can pay thirty dollars and see wonder woman opening weekend <laughs> right right um but hbo which max said, didn't have much at the time right yeah. it's uh, to which people were like well then why am i you know if i have to pay 30 bucks why am i you know they, the, the consumer hadn't quite wrapped their mind you i regretted I, paying the 12 that i did at the movie theater that was a tough watch yeah. um uh, parts of it were just uh, a tough watch uh, I, I will say um the the i think everybody's kind of getting used to the new economics of entertainment mm -hmm. um because in reality you know, if, if I look back and I think of myself as when I was high school age where I was working, disposable income, that dream, you know, demographic that everybody wants, right. hanging out with my buddies every weekend, you know, for sure, we'd see sometimes two, three movies a week. Mm -hmm. Well, until you get done with your popcorn or stuff, it was a, a fair amount of money. Right. I would then go to, this, to, to the wall or to, you know, Tower Records, and I'd buy a couple of CDs where I'm paying the entertainment industry $15, $20 a CD times, yeah. however many. You know, a huge chunk of money is going out there for these things that we're now getting for a, what, it, what is really a bargain basement price at this point. And we're trying yeah. to figure that out. Well, and again, your average family, honestly, is going to drop 100 to $200 now to go see a movie. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Yeah, and, and also when you're, I was a kid, I You're paying up, more for the snacks than you would for, for a meal at a restaurant. Well, I grew up middle, lower, middle class. So when I was a younger kid, you know, the movies were an extreme treat. Yeah. And, you know, sure, we had, you know, some Disney movies and stuff like that, but we didn't have a library of a thousand movies. You know, that, that was, it, it was cool when you got something new. This, this expectation that every month there's going to be some, you know, new pile of thing for you to consume um, is something that didn't exist before. Right. You know? Well, when you when you got that new album or you got that new thing, that was cool. Yeah. And now you're like, what? You don't have 15 albums waiting for me? Well, like, that's what? the thing generationally, <laughs> because this is why, you know, I've heard this conversation in regards to music. Mm -hmm. Generationally, 
um, the younger generations don't have the appreciation for the art form the way that we did for that reason. You know, we couldn't own every piece of music ever created in history. Well, we didn't even have access to every piece of music ever created in history. Oh, now, yeah. now they do. Well, and one of the things that I think is interesting is how much the current generation is appreciating. I think it's a double-edged sword. They appreciate older yeah. music a lot more. You know, that's why 70s, 80s, yeah, 90s. Yeah, but the value is not there. True. So, yeah. but, but because there's this huge back catalog to burn through, by the time you know I'll be, it'll be interesting to see the kids that are growing up now that are younger by the time they're 20 what happens when they hit that you know you've like sure you you finally burn through every episode of friends well you yeah. want more friends what's well, not there right. so has that taught you anything are you just going to rewatch friends again or are you going to yeah. go out and discover something new well you know? yeah and, and also the fact that traditional the traditional platforms you know your tv stations tv channel like really aren't coming up with anything groundbreaking. Like now you see the groundbreaking stuff happening on the streaming services. Oh, well, I mean, tr so traditional broadcast, I actually, I just look at it as this. It's, it's either long format or it's short format. I don't care whether it's broadcast on TV or whether it's broadcast on something streaming. I, I know that there's market differences and, and things like that, but as far as content, you're either telling me a story in movie format or you're telling me a story in shorter, what we call TV or episodic sure. format. Right. Um, I think there's great stuff being done on the streaming platforms. The Because of the nature of what traditional broadcast TV is and, and the, the high risk reward ratio. I mean, if you're, you only get to make so many primetime shows, right. if you're Netflix and you whiff on one of the 30 shows you have in production, <laughs> right. no big deal. Yeah. Right. If you're, if you're a me, if you're it's the a lot USA, easier to cut network, your losses. right. If yeah. you're, if you're the USA network and you can buy the 38th season of law and order criminal intent, yeah. which you know is going to guarantee you this many eyeballs or you finance like somebody's dream show. Well, like somebody was you saying, know. you know, how, uh, you know, it's, uh, the walking dead 2038, you know, right. <laughs> it's like the, the zombies well, in space or so something. I, I don't you know, know if you've seen this, but the final episode of the walking dead just aired last night. Okay. Um, in my opinion, uh, a very disappointing end. It mm. was basically uh, a bunch of, by the end of the show, there was a bunch of characters nobody cared about. Right. That's why it's going off. But it was a, a an interesting teaser. But there's a lot of spinoffs. There's two new, like, with characters that you yeah. would wish. Like, right. I'm like, well, The Walking Dead might have had some ratings in the last couple of years if you had to have been saving these little char these characters everybody liked. They're like, Daryl and Carol are getting their own show. Right, yeah. And then uh, Rick Grimes and Michelle were getting their own right. show. They Crazy. just they were basically like, let's kill everybody we don't like. Or or it was, uh, <laughs> hello, renegotiation. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and pay me. Because, I mean, uh, honestly, Honestly, I mean, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, but the guy who played Rick Grimes, I mean, you know, Andrew Lincoln was mm -hmm. kind of a struggling up and coming actor, you know, before The Walking Dead. He was in love, actually. Uh, believe it well, or that's not. what I mean. Yeah. Like a lot of people like have to go back and realize that that was him <laughs> right. you know, because the like he was an unknown. It was mm -hmm. like, OK, here's this kind of good looking guy in this in this rom com. Uh, he, he was like the it. least famous person in that movie. Yeah. And um, hasn't even still done anything since. Well, that's the thing, though. Yeah. But does he really need to? Right. You know, True. I mean, honestly, he's probably made made a big bucks. Well, uh, they definitely changed something because I'm shocked he hasn't, though. Well, originally, what was supposed to happen was there was supposed to be a series when he right after he left the show, 
they were supposed to do a series of three Rick Grimes movies oh, for okay. The Walking Dead. And so, like right after he left the show, the ratings really started to tank. Yeah. So those projects that had gotten started were kind of in limbo. And what they ended up doing was taking a lot of that footage and they've worked it into the, this TV show they're going to make. Okay. So Got they're it. not, they, they, were, they didn't call it a total loss. Originally, it was kind of going to get scrapped. And then the Michonne character uh, that he's going to be co starring with became popular sure and because she became like, okay. one of the leaders of the yeah. group and yeah i mean yeah. i thought the michonne character is also fantastic oh loved it loved i mean it. It, it, the casting was unbelievable but mm -hmm. i am shocked that he hasn't tried to go out there and do something else yeah you know not to say that i think he can easily drop the rick grimes oh sure um character from yeah. you know and and do other things i'm just surprised he hasn't well i mean th this was the i believe 11th season you know you can't forget that's almost 13 years ago that show's yeah started yeah, right uh, you know if, if if you're 35 when a show yeah. starts there's a big difference in hollywood yeah. between being 35 and you know almost but 50. it's also a different environment true. right because oh, yeah, true. you know we saw the the first guy and i'm already forgetting his name that that did oh. superman that did superman after christopher reeve yes uh, uh henry um, brandon no brandon oh. rouse oh Bre yes brandon rouse sorry right and i think he was worried mm -hmm. about okay you're now superman yes. forever and that's all yeah, you're gonna yeah, be able to only. do you know right no <laughs> right. but it, back then that was like you that weren't sure real, if that yeah. was like a good thing or not well he also looked creepily like christopher oh Reeves, which was hilarious if you're like well i wonder if it would be typecast as the guy that you look like exactly like and did and it basically a christopher reeves imitation it was uh, or i'll say homage i yeah. love that movie by no me. i thought he was yeah. fantastic yeah. i was disappointed to see him you know and mm -hmm. don't get me wrong um you know the the newer superman and you just mentioned his name and henry cavill henry yep. cavill so henry cavill AKA fantastic the <laughs> right yeah but fantastic superman mm -hmm. but now there's not that stigma Mm -hmm. now True. he could continue to do superman for the rest of his career because we've seen hugh jackman do do wolverine you know hugh where jackman who retired from wolverine now coming back for <laughs> right. deadpool 3 next exactly. year henry cavill yeah. who was actually low-key fired from the superman role mm. because warner brothers had him contracted for three movies he had a three movie contract yeah. they wanted him to appear in cameos in two different movies and he said i'll do the cameos but we're going to count that as one of my movies right and Fair. the 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 head of the network was like well that's ridiculous and he's never playing superman again well that guy's now been fired and right. so you know as we all saw you know spoiler alert if you haven't yeah. seen black adam yet you may see henry cavill who knows well and he's then back. and the rock pretty much came down and yeah. laid down the law and said dude you're mm -hmm. gonna be spider-man as long as i want you to he be. said if you if, if you don't let henry cavill be superman you can talk to the people's elbow <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Real quick, I want to thank again uh, just an amazing sponsor. So proud to have these guys as part of the show uh, because of what they do in our community, the impact that they have, not only in our community, but nationwide when it comes to veterans issues. And that's Concerned Veterans of America. Uh, we have the Florida chapter uh, that also does incredible work. And uh, that's also thanks to David Houston. Uh, David is uh, taking care of things here in the Tampa Bay area, making sure that we're taking care of our veterans. Um, concerned veterans, for those of you who may not know, a lot of people call it CVA. Uh, they're a nonpartisan, not-for-profit organization, um, really known as the voice for freedom and prosperity uh, for veterans. Uh, and CVA works to hold the VA accountable. That is literally their, their primary mission uh, uh, by promoting policy changes that ensure better health outcomes for veterans and encourages our elected officials to keep America's promise to those who have served our nation. And so this Thanksgiving 
if you are thankful, if you are grateful for the sacrifices that our veterans have done uh, for us and made for us, uh, both in the present and in the past, um, why not volunteer? for Concerned Veterans of America. Uh, you can reach out to David Houston, and that's uh, dhouston at cv4a.org. Again, Concerned Veterans for America, D, uh, cv, the number four, a.org. And you can find them all over social media, Concerned Vets FL for their Florida Twitter account, um, Facebook, Com Concerned Veterans for America, Florida, or just go to their main website again, CV, the number four, a.org. And again, proud to have them as a sponsor of the yard sign. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Our, our final topic here, and we're going to squeeze it in here and, uh, because we, uh, we've got to get going, but, um, Politics of FIFA. Not sure. Uh, you following uh, the kickoff of the World Cup? Do you follow soccer at all? I'm, I'm not a huge fan of soccer. I am a huge fan of soccer hooligans. Okay. <laughs> I love hooliganism in all its form. I have a feeling you would blend culture. right in. I, I, I very well might uh, uh, blend in with that. <laughs> and, uh, boy, what, what I can tell uh, you, that the, the only thing that is less appealing to me than watching a soccer game is watching a soccer game sober. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> so... You know, it was one of those things that uh, I think a lot of the, the buildup to the World Cup coming was subliminally programming me to go and watch sure. the uh, documentary, fantastic documentary called FIFA Uncovered on Netflix. Oh, yes. Uh, and it is amazing to me because they literally, you know how when in these documentaries, when the people who are technically the criminals, yeah. like are never on camera, like right. they never go on camera and talk. Right. No, all of these guys oh. are on camera. Like all of these guys talked to these it's, documentarians, uh, with the exception of I think the ones who are in prison, right? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, or have evaded to other countries. Mm -hmm. um, but these guys, including Sepp Blatter, who right. was the head of FIFA for decades, um, and I mean just talk, and it, it shows the ego, the the ego, the arrogance that led to a lot of this corruption mm -hmm. within the organization because these guys are talking about it and you know like like the good old days it, it it is almost like an offshoot of the way you would have viewed like a colonial aristocracy yeah and they would have been like well of course we've treated people like this it's just their station <laughs> and you're like oh when everybody around you is also an a-hole a like, yeah you just kind of start to be like well yes of, of course they deserve well to they have, make that know, point a few yeah. times yeah. throughout the documentary like right. it got it got so bad right that they didn't realize how bad it was what they were doing was was and how corrupt they were and and how much like actual politics is that like when you see yeah. people who you're like i remember when this person used to be a decent person yeah and piece by piece layer by layer they get normalized into a system right. of grift and corruption well there's this one guy who was the uh who was a former french soccer superstar mm -hmm. and he was again one of the early guys in in fifa's early days and then and then stayed on you know in a special role right Sacre bleu, right, right. That was his name? No. <laughs> uh, and he was he was the guy who you know everybody saw as kind of like the white knight you know mm -hmm. could do no wrong you yeah. know he was really about 
soccer culture, you know, mm-hmm. spreading soccer into, you know, around the world and that sort of thing. Sure. And finally they said, okay, we're going to clean up all this corruption stuff. Let's put this guy in charge. Cause he's, he's, he, <laughs> we know he's good. We know Pepe he's Le Pew's gonna get you know, it done. that's right. And sure enough, what happens like two weeks before <laughs> he, he, t- he takes over the organization. He's asking for like $4 million, right. like, you know, um, behind the scenes. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. These guys were taking millions and millions of dollars. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and they were living these lavish lifestyles. I mean, like, like they were royalty. Like oh, yeah. They had multiple residences and one guy, in fact, you know, the, so the, um, CONCACAF headquarters, you know, which is, for, uh, for the, um, continental like mm-hmm. United States, United States, Canada, Mexico. Yeah. Like their, so their office was in Trump tower. This guy lived in in trump tower like in a higher floor mm-hmm. you know and that's where he lived and and, and it was stuff like that and, and, and it was and that wouldn't even upset me as much as if a fraction of that money a fraction of that grift had gone to places that had been third world countries yeah. that scraped everything they had together to build accommodations right. for to to be allowed to have the well, world and that was up. the thing. Like these countries then, that like, that these it's, it's disgusting. Well, the main example is one of the guys who was uh, you know represented the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and he was out of Trinidad and Tobago, um, and so all this money you know gets is given to him towards you know to to build soccer facilities and and promote soccer and and build all the mm-hmm. and they started the project. And never finished it, and the mm-hmm. money just vanished. Yep, and it just never, and it never came to fruition. You know, this one guy, this one reporter, you know, from a local TV station down there, was covering it, and basically it turned into a chicken coop mm-hmm. because of they started it, never finished it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, all that to say that Qatar is was really kind of like one of the last. Uh, one one of the last um, acts by Sepp Blatter, mm-hmm. you know, was awarding this, and again, everybody was scratching their heads because right. the United States had put in a bid. Mm-hmm. Clinton was there. Um, Morgan Freeman was there. Um, England had put in a bid. They brought in David Beckham. They brought in like yeah. you know, like they, it was like okay, well, England's probably going to win one. The United States is probably going to win one. You know, it was like kind of obvious. And then I mean, I back guitar based solely on the record on human rights. I mean, <laughs> that's got to be it. Yeah, and and so you know, out of nowhere, you know, is is guitar. You know, and of course, you know, they, as, as soon as the, and, and don't get me wrong, <laughs> Americans don't like to lose at anything. Right. And I think when we lost the bid to the world cup. Oh yeah. I, th- that's, that was, you were like, <laughs> oh, oh really? Uh, well, let's see about that. Exactly. And, oh my gosh. There's yeah. an FBI investigation right. all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, sometimes, you know, you have to pass over the best. Yeah before you know you get the bloodhounds on you well and what's crazy is that and the way they got them because that's always the most fun part mm-hmm. is figure out how that how were they able to right you know well a lot of the money that was being funneled to these guys was coming out of switzerland right but mm-hmm. 
when they when money leaves Switzerland, they have to be routed, especially for the United States. Anybody sure. getting those monies in the United States has to be run through New York. Yes, you know, and through other financial institutions within the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, of course, the FBI had every opportunity right. to start kind of backtracking. You know, where I, I where always the money was I always from. forget what the name of it is, but basically, once it, like anything but a few very key select places like Switzerland and the Bahamas, um, the like most of europe japan uh you know and, and all all of uh you know like the the western really nations your your g10 nations for the most part um there is a banking system that everybody's a member of right that the second that because so, we, we have clients sometimes that you know when you hear about that wire fraud stuff or you know somebody accidentally you know wires money to somebody like a, a phishing scheme or something like that um we were surprised somebody wired a bunch of money to iran but realized it right away because it was within 24 hours, due to the like the banking system protocols, yeah. the FBI was able actually able to snatch that money back. Wow! Even though it was supposed to be going to Iran, so oh, okay. um, there's like that that it's it begins with an S. It's like smart or something like that. Yeah. It's not that, but something right. like that, uh, maybe Spark. But that it's basically an allegiance of if you move money, yeah, between any civilized country, a hundred percent tracked. Well, <laughs> you know, and so. Honestly, I thought it was kind of a, a good primer to, mm-hmm. to almost kind of, you know, like just not feel like you're being um, like you're being played. Right. Right. Like you're not being, you know, it's like, yeah, I can still enjoy the games and I can still enjoy all the theatrics mm-hmm. and the festivities. And um, but I also don't feel like you're trying to. F- like fool me right because right. i've i've seen you know what took place here to get this event to come you know right. to, to the country well now and, now being a little bit of an outsider to to the to the world cup system is there do they or are they thinking that there was any rigging of actual games going on no that okay. was that's why honestly i mean that was the saving grace in all this sure is that the money was basically exchanging hands and in, in, in every direction you can think of basically in an effort to a control the organization okay and be control where the where the world cups were going to be held gotcha um and so that was you know they were buying votes among themselves okay essentially for that reason but yep. it never trickled down to the fixing of the games and okay. never trickled down to manipulating the sanctity of the game itself yeah um and look you know the united states played today they played a great game they they unfortunately ended up tying because uh, as americans love a tie mm-hmm. uh, because of another great thing about <laughs> soccer because they uh, they they uh committed a penalty with inside the goal so so the so wales got a penalty kick you know to even out the score mm-hmm. um but uh so how does that affect is there is there going to be a an american game this week this holiday weekend it's a point system so yeah so there's more games and the elimination rounds haven't started yet okay Um, because i i I had heard probably incorrectly that they had to win today in order for them to be like the featured game or something no um percentage wise they now have only about a 60 percent chance of moving on okay compared to had they won i think it was somewhere closer to 80 80, 90 percent um and so they do play one more game i think Mm. before they're eliminated uh, and again, the team looks great. Yeah. You know, I, I, there are some players I hope aren't hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wales put up a hell of a fight. And if you want to see an amazing video, look up Michael Sheen's mm-hmm. video to Michael Sheen's speech to the team from Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, made me want to run through a wall. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just that that empowering. Um, but mm. I think it's going to be a good World Cup. Unfortunately, Colombia is not in it. Um, but the whole beer thing. Uh, again, it, it's Qatar so is ridiculous. not allowing alcohol at the uh, at the event this year. Well, and it's so ridiculous because uh, again, like culturally, again, they try to make themselves off like they're mm-hmm. you know literally holier than thou, right? And uh, and there's so many other things that they do that. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, are are, are illegal in many countries, mm-hmm. uh, and yet they're trying to portray themselves as somehow you know. Um, conservative and purist and you know simply because they are minimizing the consumption of alcohol right um because there are places you can get beer and stuff like that but they're Mm. making it really hard right well you know uh, (laughs) listen i i I would love to make any number of jokes about this but (laughs) every one of them is just so like it's it's so ridiculous they 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 come from a place where their ideas on religion it's again anything that'll allow you to kill another human being and say it's for the glory of god but you can't have a shot after you chop somebody's head off that's that's it's a trigger for me i just can't (laughs) Hey, red flags, as we like to say. You know, it's well, like the, the they were that building, Sam Bankman call. They were building all these hotels, you know, because this documentary does mm-hmm. butt up like pretty closely to today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were talking about all these deaths. You know, they were projecting that I think about 3,000 people were going to die working in construction for hotels and, and condos mm. and all and stadiums and all that kind of stuff for mm-hmm. the world cup sure and like they had already had i think like close to 1200 or 1500 deaths mm-hmm. and they're like well that had nothing to do with the world cup because they we haven't even started building our stadiums yet you know mm, and yeah <laughs> it's, it's like wait but if you've lost 1500 people in construction related deaths i right. mean hello you've got a problem yeah and they probably you know didn't even let them pour one out for their dead homies on that note thank you so much to nate ginter thank you everybody for listening watching whenever wherever you may be doing so thanks again to concerned veterans for america check them out cv4 then that's the number four a.org i'm johnny torres we thank you so much for watching catch you back here next monday have an amazing thanksgiving and again thank you thank you thank you so much for listening and watching the yard sign We're, we're we're truly honored to have you in our audience and uh we'll catch you next week good night everybody good night Not all.